Welcome to Cosmos with Cosmos. As always, I'm Mike. I'm Liz. And I'm anti-branded. <laughs> oh. God damn it, I thought about that. Oh, ah. you should have done it. <laughs> damn Re it. Redo but it. I forgot all about it. I forgot all about it. I guess that means, everyone, we're talking about antimatter. We are talking about antimatter today. Yes, we are. And before we dive into this, let's just get all this other stuff out of the way. Um, Liz... What are you drinking? Oh, hey, I am drinking the Antihero Electron. I like how you had to look at the notes. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, is, uh, which is... Which uh, is... It has amaretto, <laughs> uh, blended whiskey, and uh, lemon juice. Oh, Seagram's. Seagram's. <laughs> yeah, I have mixed feelings about Seagram's, though. With the whole Nick thing, uh, yeah, but yeah. anyway, and uh, lemon juice and or geet instead of simple syrup, also known as a whiskey sour. Amaretto sour. Amaretto sour. That's right. Very nice. Yes, Brandon, what you, what you got, man? I got the. Let me grab my little drink here. The anti-galactic planetary. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to try to sing or rap it. But no, you can't but, say it. But I heard it. it. But yeah, yeah. having the. I heard it as the Beastie Boys. Planetary. Yep. There you go. <laughs> uh, it is. What do I have? Uh, bourbon. Uh, white Russian. So it's oh. white Russian bourbon. All right. Oh, there nice. Nice. I thought sure. I could. I could try something new here. It's kind of new. Yeah, I don't know if I'll do it again. But okay. Experiment. <laughs> you know, you got to experiment. What do you got, Mike? I have what I'm calling the positronium. Uh huh. And. Ooh. This has gin, cranberry juice, a little bit of lemon juice, and tonic in it. Um, it is inspired by one Ryan Reynolds uh, trolling <laughs> Nick Cannon with the vasectomy is really what it's called. So, ah, great. yes, great. but uh, it's, you know, it's not too bad. You better take a sip of it. Oh, did I say it has gin in it? Did I say that? You yeah, did. yeah. You did say gin. This is a Ryan Reynolds Love Fest show because it's aviation gin, and we've mentioned Ryan Reynolds now like five times in the first five minutes of this show. Have we? <laughs> I, I well, was... before, before the show began, we talked about his cameo in the one. Oh, movie. okay, okay. Oh, right, okay. Right. See, I right. missed that. Okay. And this was the first. All right. <laughs> so anyway. I, I missed that. All right, um, as always, follow us on all the things, Drinking Cosmos on Twitter, and Cosmos with Cosmos everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, mm -hmm. follow us and rate us on all the things as well. And don't forget to join us for The Hangover right after uh, right after this. And if you miss it, it goes online, so you can, you can catch it as well. And if... What? what? Oh, no, I was just going to wonder if, if we're going to move things to mastodon because oh, everyone God. else is i haven't had time to look at this up and go over this okay i just I, I, it's too okay, much okay so we, no. we talk about anyway, that in well, our, in someone our... put some stock in though we should probably put some stock in though real quick quick to it we, we can talk about that talk about that anyway, first anyway, uh first yes. podcast all right we're, so... we're not on mastodon yet but maybe one we're day forget what it is yeah <laughs> we're too right. old for this shit <laughs> if you're interested in some really great art uh check out uh my sister-in-law, Katie, at Wild Ixia on Etsy. Um, she has a lot of great stuff, and I like to point out I was the first person to buy something yes, from you her. Do like to point that I out. do like to point that out because Every it's time. the only time I've ever been first. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and so well, you know what they say. 
Nice guys finish last. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, also, um, uh, I, I see that this is highlighted in my notes, so I, I guess Brandon's going to be writing, rewriting um, Katie's thing. Better not. Wait, what? Oh, no, I, was, I highlighted it so I could copy it into my Google to go check out the shop where you guys were talking about. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, you can also check out uh, Ron Proctor with the MrProctorShow.com. Uh, um, he's got a lot of great uh, commentary on education and society in general. And if you happen to be in the Council Bluff, Iowa area, which is uh, near Omaha, uh, Nebraska, so right there kind of on the border, um, check out the uh, Rolling Bluffs Planetarium. You can also go to rollingbluffsplanetarium.com. And um, so if you're in the area, go check check out and um, check out this planetarium and, you know, uh, become one with the universe. Okay, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't know how to close that out. <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice transition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, um, what is it every other Wednesday that we yes, do the shot? the shot. Yeah, every Take other Wednesday we us. upload a, uh, um, a... Take a shot of astronomy. Shot of Wednesday. astronomy. It's like a nice little morsel-sized drink of, uh, of the universe. Which, which is just my favorite thing. Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, we tell stories and uh, astronomy stories and all that kind of stuff. And as always, we have rules. We have if a puppy barks... Um, Take a drink. If a Star Wars reference is thrown out there, take a drink. And, of course, if there's any Lord of the Rings reference, take a drink. No one says those, though. No, never. Yeah, to hell with... I mean, it, it really is my we least We keep those references favorite. secret and safe. Well, you've already said the rules. It's okay. So... Nope, gotta take a drink. How... How uh, the The bubbles. rule had already been announced. Mm-hmm. So we were live. You knew what it's you were in doing. the rule book. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump right into it. Now, when oh, we when we look oh out man. into the universe, look everywhere in, in this out. room with my Funkos, her TVs, monitor displays, pictures, all that. <laughs> we TV see TV. ordinary matter. So neutrons, protons, electrons. Just regular stuff. Just regular shit. Regular stuff. Ordinary things. matter. Stuff and things. But stuffing things. But if you have. <laughs> If you've watched any sci-fi or read a sci-fi book, this uh-huh. usually shows up antimatter. Nope, never. No, it's never used as a, some sort of way of uh-huh. some plot point or something. But um, so, thought, why don't we just go ahead and have an episode about antimatter because we haven't done it in four mm-hmm. years, so mm-hmm. might as well do it. And let's start with what exactly is this? Stuff? Yeah, what the fuck is uh, antimatter? It doesn't uh, sound. It does sound science fiction. It sounds. It, re- it really does. Not um, real. So. <laughs> Basically, you have ordinary matter, uh-huh. but then you also have um, this. It is antimatter is basically ordinary matter, but with opposite charge, and this thing in physics called a baryon number or a lepton number. And so, how you doing, Liz? what's that? <laughs> so, how you doing, Liz? <laughs> Sounds um, repulsive. Hey, okay, yeah, I see what you did there. Go with it. And that's good. That's good. Um, and so, for example, mm-hmm. um, you have an anti-electron, um, which is actually called a positron, a positive electron. <laughs> so do, they, not... do they have little smiley faces? I, yes. I, was just saying, like, just... I, I really want like a little cartoon positron. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas like the normal electron is really negative, so it's got a little frowny face. <laughs> it's like an Eeyore. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> actually, an Eeyore. I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> 
That's how I'm gonna draw the, all my positrons. Now the positrons right. more of a Thomas, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So um, every little particle in in physics has uh, has an antiparticle, mm -hmm. and oh, um, so I cool. did mention that um, like. Um, it's like an arch nemesis, an arch enemy. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. And for like protons and electrons, the uh, the antimatter is uh, the opposite charge. But you have neutrons. Neutrons don't have any charge, so it's uh, it's antiparticles don't have any charge as well. But it oh. does have uh, opposite baryon or lepton numbers. I don't know what that means. At so all. baryon numbers have to do with like protons and neutrons. Okay. Lepton numbers have to do with electrons. Okay. So it's it's a number that's really kind of important in physics uh -huh. because it must be conserved. Um, and so if you have um, if you have a um, certain number of baryon numbers coming into a reaction, you have to have mm -hmm. the same number coming out. Uh huh. It's uh -huh. so like conservation, conservation of mass and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, and a really crazy thing about these things is is that when uh when they meet mm -hmm. when when a when an electron and a positron come together they just can't overcome this negative energy and this positive energy uh -huh. so they annihilate each other oh but, yeah. but, but okay so stupid question maybe <laughs> these particles are extraordinarily small so what are the odds in the first place they're going to come in contact Ooh, with each other oh yeah but, uh, but even if antimatter existed, for example, antimatter does exist. Well, I mean, in the wide, we'll, we'll, let's go on. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, um, but the thing is, is uh, uh, like if you have a, a positron that gets uh, created, um, it doesn't have to really go that far before it hits, um, um, you know, an electron mm -hmm. and oh. annihilates. With it. So we have little mini explosions happening around us all the time? All the time. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. And so you eat a banana, those things are really great at uh, admitting positrons. You're just a <laughs> positron fool with the banana. Yes. Yes, it's they are. a positron are. gun. Yep. And so... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, but in uh, when they do annihilate each other, you do get these gamma rays, two gamma rays that shoot out. Oh. That so sounds familiar. Creative. Okay, keep going. Yes, and so um, uh, so these reactions between um, a particle and its antiparticle are like the most efficient way of, of creating energy because all of the mass is converted into energy, which is not what you get, uh, uh, you know, going from hydrogen to helium inside of, a, of the sun. It's just a small fraction that is act, of that mass actually gets converted to energy. But in this, all of it gets converted. Um, problem is, it's not very efficient to actually create the antiparticles in the first place. Oh. So it, <laughs> it's, it's not like antiparticles, anti-electrons are going to be the, um, uh, the solution to our energy crises crises oh. here okay. here on earth okay. so i mean i have it later in the um in the notes but um just to create 10 milligrams of positrons anti-electrons um that you would want to use to go maybe to mars um send a man crew to mars mm -hmm. 250 million dollars that's honestly For not bad a thimble of material but that like yeah, 10 milligrams 
it and gets you to Mars. Million, to, to a Mars budget is like, eh, plus or minus. Yeah, but still, it's pretty expensive. And when, when like, conventional rocket, uh, you know, fuels and all that are, are much less. This well, I guess it also depends on how quickly, that's, I'm going down the rabbit hole, how quickly that antimatter fuel will get you to Mars. If it's, you know, less than six months, maybe it's worth it. Um, it can get you there, uh, you know, well, I guess. Does that include acceleration and deceleration, or is this a constant, never mind, rabbit hole? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not like it gets you to Mars and then you just send the, the, the man crew, they just keep going. No, you have to actually decelerate. So mm -hmm. that, uh, that 10 milligrams is for everything um, to right, get there and slow down and stuff like that. And in fact, right. like, uh, there's uh, NASA had looked into using antimatter to send a little probe uh, at 10 per ten percent of the speed of light um, to get to Alpha Centauri, and that included to slow down and actually be there for you know decades until they get shot out of the sky by Alpha Centaurians. I mean, that sounds cool though. And, um, Powered yeah, by yeah, antimatter. And, uh, and fun fact: antimatter is the fuel that the Planet Express uses in Futurama. Oh, antimatter is pooped out by Nibbler. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's everywhere. Everywhere. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right. So, hmm. I still don't really know what it is, but all right, we got it. <laughs> well, it's, it's something you don't actually want to, to touch. To touch. Yeah, I mean, it, like if there was an anti list somewhere and you guys met, uh, yeah, as soon as you guys hit each other in this fight, we exactly an explosion of gamma rays everywhere. I mean, that's a cool way to go, though. If it would gonna, be. You know. <laughs> Pretty instant. I mean, I just explode in a burst of gamma rays. I mean, I'm, gamma kind of, rays? I'm okay with that. Treating so many hulks everywhere, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Let's yeah. go find our anti-selves. Yeah. And have the most epic high five. Yes. And that's that. I'm down for that. <laughs> but immediately, my brain goes to, so your hands hit. You, and your hands uh, create all these gamma rays. Those gamma rays are going to shoot out and probably vaporize the rest of you. So it's really only the Oh, I thought you just that... like explode immediately all into one. Well, yeah, but see, it's, it's your hands that Oh, because that, that's to... the impact point. Yeah, that's the impact point. Oh. I don't know. It's so cool. Well, I, yeah. I chest bump then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but th then it's a lot more gamma rays. That... I'm yeah, that's fine. No, we want well, max, it's it's, max gamma it's Instant range. death, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. At this point, it's fine. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, somebody like across the universe sees this gamma ray burst. That's what it is. That's what we have solved: gamma ray burst. I want to be a gamma ray burst that like a alien species sees light years, hundreds of light years, and they go away. Neat. And they go Let's hey. Write that down. Look at they that! Put an exclamation point around it, and right. That would be amazing. I did not know antimatter was going to bring us to to where we are, but it is wondrous and yeah. amazing. <laughs> and, right? and we're eighteen minutes into this. Uh -huh. I think eighteen minutes. Oh. All right, forget mummification. I am want anti Liz gamma ray burst death. All right. Okay, um, <laughs> okay I'll call up. Cern my light shall travel the cosmos. See what I can All right. uh, when it comes Yeah, just have me drop so, me in that collider. So who, who <laughs> first thought of this weird antimatter stuff? Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> trying to move everything around. Well, there's this dude named Paul Dirac. 
Uh, and Paul Dirac actually was one of the most brilliant um, physicists of, of the 20th century. I mean, he actually... Oh. I, I mean, oh. probably could be more than Einstein. Wow. I thought so, that's where you were going to go with it. Absolutely. A, a, an amazing physicist actually came up with a quote, um, said that if you don't, um, don't start a sentence unless you know how to finish it. Um, mm. And so it was, it was meant for a lot of physicists. Oh, um, like, I start many don't, sentences that I then don't finish. Yeah. Don't, don't come <laughs> up with, a, with an idea if you don't know how to finish it, basically, is how it was, but... Uh, it looked like you were going to say something. Oh, yeah, I was just going to highlight uh, Jack's Jack's comment that if they get close enough, an won't anti-Liz be pulled toward prime Liz? And I like that I'm prime Liz, but maybe, Jack, I'm anti-Liz. <laughs> well, if you exist as anti-Liz in this universe, that means we are all anti-everything. You have an anti-Jack, you have fun. an anti little Leia running around. Oh, my God. Well, let, let's, let's say you have like a an anti-person living on an anti-planet. They see all of those anti-particles as just ordinary matter. So they would see us as the anti-particles, uh -huh. as the anti-matter, even though we see them as the anti-matter. It's all kind of a relative mindfuck is really what it is. Okay. So. And, and I, I also want to uh, answer a question in the chat there uh, with Podcast Mom. Uh, does anti-matter run the warp drive in Star Trek? Uh, so yes, yes it does. <laughs> so it's deuterium, it's a kind of hydrogen gas, and it's antimatter uh, that's fused together, uh, that's mediated by dilithium crystals. And that creates the warp bubbles to which they can then go faster than lights. Somebody looked up some shit on Google. <laughs> yes, nice. yes, I did. Nice. All right, anyway, Paul Dirac in 1928 combined quantum mechanics with special relativity, which had not occurred prior to that. Ooh. And so uh, he was able to do that, and he decided to turn his new um, way of uh, doing physics to look at um, an electron going near the speed of light. Um, and when he did that, he found that there were um, two particles that the mathematics spit out, two particles. Um, they were identical, except uh, one had positive energy and one had negative energy. How do you do this by math? Oh, math. God. Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> uh, here, here is an example that I see quite a bit for it. Mm -hmm. um, X squared. Um, mm. All right. So 2 squared equals uh, 4. X squared, <laughs> X squared equals 4. Uh -huh. what, what is X? X can be either... A plus two or a minus two. Minus two times minus two equals four. So two negatives multiplied by each other makes a positive. Mm -hmm. And then a negative and a <laughs> positive make a, a negative, but no, it depends on which the higher number it makes whatever. They one. make. They make. They make an <laughs> unreal remember. baby. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, uh, before you continue, I just want to point out that anti Mike would be the opposite of anti Jack. Right. Oh, it, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. This is anyway. Anyway. All right. Let's... This is so weird. All right. So, what uh, what Dirac did though was um, instead of just rejecting that negative um, part of it, uh -huh. um, you know, he instead of saying, "Hey, within. this is interesting," but it's probably just an intellectual exercise that type of thing, he actually accepted it. 
And so he, by accepting it, mm -hmm. basically told the world that you have like ordinary matter, mm -hmm. and then you have this thing that would eventually be called antimatter. Mm -hmm. Unhappy matter. Unhappy matter, yeah. <laughs> so matter. the question Bad becomes, matter. is it real? Is it real? Is this something that is real? Is that is that negative energy particle, is it real? And yeah. it turns out that it is. Um, how, how crazy of a time would it have been to be a physics professor at the early 20th century? Oh, it's insane. Like, what do you, you, you do? What do you do? Changing. Uh, physics would be constantly changing, and you would have these just constant intellectual... Uh, fights um, existential crises and because Einstein hated the idea of quantum physics even though that's what he got his Nobel Prize in basically um, he hated the what he really hated was the probabilistic nature of quantum mm -hmm. mechanics and and all of that and he got the whole famous quote of um, God does not play dice God does not play dice and then Niels, Niels Bohr retorted not only does he uh, play dice, he sometimes doesn't know where the dice goes. And I'm paraphrasing that for a little bit. But um, Well, you can know where it goes, but you can't read the numbers. Or you could read the numbers and not know where it goes, I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, <laughs> um, so for antimatter, though, mm -hmm. it, it's one thing for Paul Dirac to say, hey, what got these little antimatter <laughs> particles going around? Yeah, anybody can say that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so then what you need to do is you need to have proof. That it uh -huh. exists. Ah. Uh -huh. And uh, yep. that happened four years Proof later. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. With this dude named Carl Anderson. Carl. Carl. Oh, no. Guys, no. I was so close to forgetting that existed. <laughs> Carl Anderson. He was a professor at California Institute of Technology. Um, he improved a bubble chamber. And bubble a bubble chamber, chamber is... Is it what they think it is? Is that what Bubble Boy lived in? <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> so it is this chamber that is filled. It's basically this jar kind of thing that's filled with water vapor, or at least back for Carl Anderson it was. And as a charged particle zips through it, uh -oh. it will leave a, uh, a trail of little bubbles. Oh, oh, that's really cute. That's it's excellent. like little, little particle farts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's delightful. And so he improved it. Uh, he improved it um, in the early 1930s, and he set about using it to study cosmic rays. Cosmic rays are these charged particles that come in, that hit the atmosphere, all these other particles shoot out from it. And, um, and so he's studying cosmic rays and watching the little, little bubbles that they leave behind. And he put a magnetic field um, through this bubble chamber. And what that does is if like an electron comes in, goes through the bubble chamber, that electron will, will curve. And you, you'll see the curve in the little bubbles. Um, so it's a charged particle moving through a magnetic field. That magnetic field makes it bend, makes it change direction. So the electron, okay. the electron will curve, so let's say to the left. Um, <laughs> But he found that there were some, uh, oh, and the, the rate at which it curves has, um, is um, intimately tied to its mass. So, um, yeah, and so 
if this electron curves to the left, he was noticing that there was this other little particle, same mass as the electron, mm -hmm. but it was curving to the right. Wow. We need a fast and furious particle drift. <laughs> nice. And, and just like with uh, Dirac, he accepted it. Uh -huh. um, he, he didn't say that my bubble chamber is all messed up and all this kind of stuff. He accepted, he accepted it. accepted the, the data wow. that he was given. Yes. That's a scientist and right and there. actually set about to prove that it was correct. Wow. And um, he won the Nobel Prize for it. He discovered oh. the positron in 1932, wins the Nobel Prize in 1936. Paul Dirac wins the Nobel Prize um, for contributions to atomic physics in 1933. And... Um, so they both get the get the Nobel Prize. Um, interestingly enough, the positron was actually seen in bubble chambers it was in seen 1928. In the wild. Ooh. But the physicists oh. rejected it. <gasps> yes. So they all of them could have gotten the Nobel Prize. Wow. Yeah. So um, like yeah, so they won it. Bigfoot or something. What's that? It's like a Bigfoot or something. <laughs> Yeah. Like seeing a planet, but you don't recognize it as a planet. <laughs> um, so, in, ever since we've been looking for um, antimatter particles, and um, is it a one-to-one -one ratio? Wait, I don't oh, even know what that means. Uh, uh, What's the prime matter to antimatter? Oh, it. Um, so, should there be an anti? Particle, antimatter particle for every. Particle? We'll get into that. Okay, yeah. look, I'm asking the right questions. <laughs> um, my mom asks, uh, "How do you put a magnetic field in a chamber like that?" Oh uh, yeah. well, you just you, you basically <laughs> you open the chamber and you put it in. <laughs> no, the magnets are on the outside, and the magnetic field goes through the chamber. Yeah, but how do magnets work? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't go through that. <laughs> well, you see. All right. Um, we actually have, I say we, like I'm a physicist involved in this You study. have a degree in physics, so I think you can claim being a physicist. But I, I'm not part of this project. No, you're... So <laughs> there, um, there is, on ISS, there is the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer. Oh. Hell yeah. AMS for short. Um, and it has been looking for evidence of like anti-galaxies and anti-planets that are out there. Because when we look around... Wait, but what? It's yeah. a cool of the box sitting outside the space station. It's really cool. Yeah, so the but thing... Very neat. What would it... Okay, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Okay, my brain. When, when we look out, yes. it's ordinary matter that we see. Okay. And it only a very small, tiny amount of antimatter. Okay. And that antimatter does not live long because it eventually annihilates okay. and um, with an electron uh -huh. meets up and gamma rays get okay. blown out. Okay. So the question is, the question is, is the antimatter like so far away from us we just can't see it? And so that's what AMS is looking for. That in these, maybe at the furthest reaches across the universe, visible universe, are these anti these galaxies made of antimatter and anti, anti uh, yeah, made of antimatter. What if <laughs> it's ghosts? It's ghosts? It's ghosts, everyone. What, what did we say the other day about ghosts? There was something that we... <laughs> that we I, I, think, I, I think ain't we, afraid of no I ghosts. I think we said that 
God damn it, Liz, I'll set it up. <laughs> um, so far, AMS. So far, AMS has found no evidence of anti-planets, anti-galaxies. What would that look That's like, so though? Cool. It just actually normal. Like it would just look. Think of the galaxy, you, but the, anti it. How do you tell it? Antimatter a... is going to behave the same way as um, as ordinary matter, mm -hmm. as far as how AMS is set up to determine mm -hmm. the difference between two. I'm not. I'm not sure. I can't okay. say that. I can't even make some shit up for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know. You know, like intellectual design. Intelligent design uh, scientists. I can't make shit up. But um, um, so many questions. Yeah. So, but physics-wise, antimatter should behave pretty much the same way uh, for the most part. Mm -hmm. There's differences, which is but a more evilly. But more evilly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it wants to take over the universe. Is what it wants to do. Um, yeah. So we see it out in the universe because it comes in with cosmic rays and. We see it with bananas. Uh, they also curve left or right. Hey. They, they do. They do. Depending on how you rotate it. Right. So, all right. So, <laughs> can, can we make it is the question. Can we make antimatter? Oh, can we make it? Okay. I was like, make it to where? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? You know what? We can. We can. We can make it. We can make it. We can make it. We're gonna make it after all. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, we, we make aren't it. Glad we, are, are you glad we're here, Mike, for this episode? <laughs> oh, yeah. Providing so much substance. What is the recipe for antimatter? Uh, two parts sugar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it the same as an apple pie? Yeah. Gotta create a universe to make it. Okay. So, uh, we do it all the time with, um, with uh, uh, particle colliders. So you have um, basically you you, have, you you create the uh, uh, magnetic fields in such a way that you can make electron uh, protons really for the Large Hadron Collider go around this ring really really fast mm -hmm. and then make them run into each other. And when you do that, you get this like shower sense. of particles that come out. It's a collision, and um, and antiparticles usually are part of that um, that debris that shoots oh. out. So Large Hadron Hadron. The Large Hadron Collider. LHC. LHC. Um, makes it all the time. In the past, we have made anti-hydrogen. Um, so, an anti-proton with an um, anti-electron, a positron going around it. So, anti-hydrogen. Uh, we have made, the largest atom that we have made is anti-helium. So, that would wow. be two anti-protons with two anti-neutrons. With two positrons going does around. Then, that. Does then, does then, like uh, the if you inhale from a balloon, it makes your voice really deep instead of really high. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> right after your throat explodes. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't want to. You don't want to inhale dry ice, right? You really don't want to inhale anti anything. Uh, yeah. Um. So the question becomes. <laughs> And this is, oh, this is, I changed my name of my drink, uh, and I forgot to write it down, and I forgot it. So, I was, uh... Um, the magnetic... I was going to oh, call, yeah, oh, I, I thought about calling my drink, um, um, the magnetic bottle of antigen. Um, antigen works on a bio, biological level, and also on, uh... Because antigens. Antigen. Yeah, but oh, antigen. Antigen. Um, so once you create this uh, this antiparticle, 
uh, let's say it's a positron, you, you got to store it somehow. If it goes <laughs> yeah, just... What if, what if you let it go free? Because it's going to run into an electron, and then it's going to get that gamma ray burst, and then you Someone's lose it. How, 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 how but, big is this again? No, just kidding. I know that. So, um, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's not that big. Um, no, it's not. Like so, a, we were just talking about that with bananas. E equals mc squared, I'll let you come up with it. And so, what you need to do is... Six explosion um, units. <laughs> what did okay. you say? <laughs> it was fun at first. Um, so, if you want to store it, you actually have to create, like, a magnetic bottle to store it in. Because you don't want the electron hitting the side of the bottle, because it will oh, annihilate so the electron. Oh, the magnetic field yeah. keeps it in, like, a stasis. Yeah, so it's contained stasis. by the magnetic field. And it doesn't uh -huh. uh, annihilate it. And so. then you rub it, and it grants you wishes. Anti-wishes. <laughs> word, word your wishes very carefully. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wishes, like, it's like that episode day. of um, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Where he got the, the, the genie. <clears throat> you okay there, Brandon? Uh, yeah, I just had to mute things as I uh, sneezed. An anti-sneeze. <laughs> Alright, so here, here, let's get into your one-to-one -one yes. question. Yes, because I mean, it, it can't be, obviously, because we've already kind of alluded to that, but also because then nothing, everything would be exploding everywhere all the time if it was one-to-one. -one Is it not? it would be... <clears throat> well, it, yeah. <laughs> Everything's exploding here on Earth. It's uh, place is so fucked up. Anyway, um, all right. So Big Bang happens shortly. Yes. Shortly after the Big Bang, the universe is just filled with um, high energy uh -huh. um, photons. Yeah. And then you also have like, you know, electrons and uh, little electrons and quarks that are just a soup. Um, of that. Leptons. Just like a Dagobah early universe. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know why I sounded so angry. You did. I was expecting you to, to okay. say something. You were the one that... <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking of Bespin. So that's the, where the gas plant, where they mine the gas. Yeah, but from, I'm thinking so. like a dark, swampy soup of universe. That's just Except been... a lot more energy. Well. Yeah, and Dagobah looked kind of cold. A little muggy but cold. Anyway, all right. So basically, this uh, these gamma rays, this energy of the universe, is creating particles and antiparticles. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, they are annihilating each other, creating more gamma rays, which makes more particles and antiparticles, which then annihilate each other. And this is all within like just a like really shortly after uh -huh. with like less than it's like a fraction of a fraction of a second so all of this shit's going on wow i'd imagine that'd be possible because the universe at the point would have been extraordinarily small compared to what it is now so there's less space for these particles to miss each other right so, so it's very dense quite often. it's mm -hmm. very dense um the um what physicists would like to call the collision cross-section is uh really big so that means that just a greater chance of them hitting each mm -hmm, other mm -hmm. and colliding. Um, okay. and, and so, but universe is not static. Universe oh. is expanding. 
and eventually it expands to a point where um, it cools down enough to where the gamma rays, uh, well, the, the energy, the light energy of, of the universe does not have the energy um, to create these particle-antiparticle pairs. So... So it's, it's like, oh, it's chilling out. Yeah, it's and, so, and so you don't get any more... You don't get any more particle and antiparticles that are being created, but you still have some left over from the original Big Bang, and they annihilate each other. So the question is, why are we fucking here? Because what should have happened in this universe where uh -huh. matter and antimatter are created one-to-one -one oh, equally... Okay. Everything should, should have annihilated, no. and the universe should be nothing but energy at this point. So there should be no planets, there should uh -huh. be no stars, uh -huh. there should be no galaxies, there should be no people. The universe would probably be better without people, but we're here! Now, so, how, how, how do we know it was one-to-one? -one? Was it like a one-to-one-point-zero-zero-zero-one or something like it. that? Math. It had to have been 1.0000 whatever because we're here. Okay, so yeah. it had to have been a little yeah. bit okay. off so, of one to one. Okay. So, like it's close to one to one, but just a little bit off. Yeah. And, and, and in fact, that, hold on. In fact, they can tell you what that ratio is it is okay. one to one billion. For every one billion ordinary matter and anti. Ordinary particle and antiparticle that gets created. For every one billion of those, there is one uh, ordinary matter, whatever it is, particle uh -huh. that does not get annihilated. And that is no. that so one in you one have billion. One, you have the ordinary matter then eventually overtake. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, and so that one okay. in one billion is enough to create all of the visible matter ordinary matter that we see in the universe that makes the galaxies the stars wow. and the way that we know it is one to one billion is that for every um particle mm -hmm. there are one billion photons that's the measure of the universe for every one particle there's a billion photons you're wrinkling my brain yeah, and oh, so wow. we are. We, wow, we're really. Just we here by I got, a lot I, got of luck. I got, I got, I got it, I got it. Okay. We matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was probably saying you got to take a drink. That. Drink for that one. Drink for that one. Drink for that one. That, no, that was. I don't have any. I got to do the thing Mike hates. I really hate it. But me Oh yeah, you could have shaken it. There's ice in there. You could have shaken it. I would have actually. Um, so, how? <laughs> um, you know the thing is, is we don't understand. We don't know the process. We don't understand the process as to why uh, ordinary matter won out in the end. Well, there's some hints. There's some hints. So when we look at um, neutrinos. So there was this great thing called um, the the solar neutrino problem a few decades ago, right? Okay. And so if if you look at the equations of how the sun should work and and you know all that kind of stuff, uh -huh. you know I can't really hear you. Well, okay. <laughs> um. So I don't know what you said. 
Take you were looking one, at me like take, a reaction. Take, take it's, one off it's for the best. It's for the but, best. You see, that's aggravating. Okay. It tells me. So, um, anyway, um, the solar neutrino problem. Um, if you look at like quantum physics, which is successful in pretty much everything, it basically tells you how many neutrinos should be coming out of the sun. When you actually measure those those neutrinos, you get one third. <gasps> yeah. So where do all the neutrinos go? Exactly. And so that was the question for oh, a long okay. time. They didn't quite understand it. Um, and this is where you get these neutrino detectors that are deep underground in like Japan that are. Oh, those are the cool ones with the water. And they're yeah. And, and, and in uh, Sudbury, Canada as well. Hey. Exactly. And so what they found was that these neutrinos actually oscillate between flavors, between oh, that's right. versions that's right. that's of right. neutrinos. We, yeah, you've got the ice cream flavors of neutrinos. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so right. um, you have regular neutrinos, ordinary neutrinos, and you have the anti-neutrinos uh. that happen as well. And if you look at how, at the rate at which they oscillate, that they change from one flavor to another, mm -hmm. it's different. Ordinary neutrinos do it slightly faster than the anti-neutrinos. Oh, anti-neutrinos like to just, you know, yeah, and so, take their time, do their thing. So there's also this thing, it's very similar to that with um, um, thing, these things called mesons, which have a quark and anti-quark in them. Um, it's amazing. Oh, God. No, that is not a drink-worthy one. <laughs> no, just... no. <laughs> They're called mesons, and in fact, uh, there's a specific one called K-meson, um, called Kazons. Uh, <laughs> I feel like now we're just in like what sounds like a Star Trek alien race. <laughs> Let's just call well, isn't there that. One? Isn't there one? It was like, uh, what was that ship that got like kicked out to like a quadrant and like like Gamma Quadrant or something? Was it Voyager? Was that yeah, the that one was with Janeway? Yeah, was Voyager. Yeah, was Wasn't one of them like Kazons or it's like the, they looked like they had like wood on their heads? What they look like? Oh, to me. I don't so. know. It sounds like Entons to me. <laughs> and oh, okay. It took me a second to get that. One. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, these uh, these Kazons. Okay. They will, uh, they actually, oh yeah, yeah, Voyager had Kazons. What? Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, Katie. That's all I'm good for. <laughs> um, yeah, so they actually will oscillate between ordinary matter and antimatter. And they will do it 300 they're matter, million. They're matter fluid. Yes, they're matter. Oh, well done. Well done. Take a drink to that. Hey, I got one. <laughs> so and they oh, hold will, on, they hold will... on. Jack says Kazons were like diet Klingons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With funny. wood on their head. It just looked like wood to me. That's okay. just what I remember. <laughs> um anyway, it, it does it three hundred million times a second. Oscillating back and forth. That's a lot. It's pretty quick. That's pretty fast. quick. I can't. Very fast. I can't. Um anyway, the uh um, the ordinary kazons, they do it, the, the particle that starts off as an ordinary kazon will do it slightly faster than the uh, particle that starts off as an anti-kazon. Oh, right. And so, 
is what it is. And so to think that it's it could be related to that. But ultimately, they need new physics to actually... I love new physics. I love new yeah. physics. New yeah. physics. And so... Um, there actually is, and I need to look at this, and I, and I, and I love the Star Trek reference <gasps> in it. Um, yes. there is a mechanism that describes, um, the, um, oscillation between these particles, um, these kazons. Mm -hmm. Um, it's called CKM, CKM mechanism, and it stands for, these are, these are physicist names, um, Kibito, Kobayashi, and... <laughs> I just really wish the next guy would be Maru. Maru. <laughs> so bad. But it's uh, Maskawa. He needs to change his name. <laughs> yeah, but there's Kobayashi. Maskawa, you need to change your name, man. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, so. But that that mechanism is, is not enough to explain why there would be so. Why ordinary matter won out in such a degree we're better, that it did. We're stronger. We're faster. We're as swift as a raging river. Is that Pokemon? No, not, no, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine, guys. We'll watch it next time I'm there. Okay. So, Mulan, come on. Oh my god, I haven't watched Mulan. And, uh, my mom asked me, oh, it's been so long. What happens? Oh my, I'm so excited to watch it again. What happens if you slow them down? I'm guessing normal. Oscillations? Yeah, I guess. Is that what you mean, mom? You'll have to, we'll give her a second to clarify because there's. You break a physics. I mean, this is break part of physics. <laughs> Okay, you can't slow them down, Mom. It's physics. <laughs> New physics! Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's basically... Uh, <laughs> as serious as Jack the knows. dark side of the moon. Yes. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is, like, so we don't understand why um, uh, ordinary matter won out over antimatter in the universe. Um, but it's not just... It's not a... Um, just an ordinary physics um, intellectual thing to think about with antimatter. It, it actually has been put to use with medical imaging. Yeah, if you've ever had a PET scan, um, PET being positron emission topography, and I really hope that nobody has had this because they usually use it to try to find cancer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, um, I've had an MRI. Yep. Magnetic res resonance imaging. Yeah. I think also, also thanks to space. What's that? MRIs. MRIs oh, also yeah, yeah. thanks to space, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the the PET scan, what it does is um, they inject somebody with radioactive material, and that material actually goes and latches on to the uh, tumors. And you can actually use the imaging to see where the tumors are. Um, and so, and for somebody who gets that radioactive um, shot, uh, they cannot be around children or pregnant women for a few days because they're radioactive. For a few I... days. Or bananas. Or I would, I would rather right, have well, it be a bunch of like bloodhounds that come over and sniff me for tumors. Sniffs it out. Some labs, some bloodhounds, good sniffer dogs. And, and some good leeches to get the bloodletting out. No, yeah, it's a PET scan. Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, actually, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, because the, the radioactive material... Okay, this is the only time in my life, if I had to have this procedure, that then I would walk around with a radio that would blast Imagine Dragons. 
Oh, radioactive. Radioactive. I would just walk around with a Geiger counter and just have it. <laughs> click, 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 or click, click. Stand click. back. I am radioactive. <laughs> stand away, children. Go away from me. I'm going to the zoo. Right. Can I just get this shot? Because then I could, I could like really go to like, you know, if a neighbor comes over, like. Sorry, a radioactive dude. Right Darren, I can't. Just I can't. call me Chernobyl. Stand back. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> no, but then you would be worse, though. If, if, if it were Halloween and you went as like a power plant gone wrong and you put the candy next to you and the kids can't come by and get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my you know, God. You throw it at them. Next year, I think I'm just going to give it a little box and record a little, like, Geiger counter clicking and just look like oh. my face is melting off. That would be a great that Halloween uh, uh, wow. uh, costume. That's fun. Oh, God, yeah, yeah and a little sign. I have the scientist. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, I'm going to forget it, though, and all that kind of stuff. No, we're not. I'm going to pin the calendar right now so we don't forget. <laughs> Uh, my my yep, mom yep. asked, doesn't the linear accelerator yes. used to treat cancer hit the tumor with protons or something? I can say something to that. Okay, I had to read it for I can our say audio something. listeners. I can say something to it. Um, when I was at the Indiana Cyclotron. University Cyclotron Facility, which is not linear, it is... Um, Cyclonic. God, I am so sweaty. Um, I look kind of... Well, I finally warmed me up. I was cold. Anyway, um... Uh, they were working on that, and it was um, it was not the project that I was part of. It was part of a, new, a neutron project. But um, um, so the idea was that what happens is um, you have you have somebody who has uh, a tumor in their brain. Uh -huh. Okay, unfortunately, they have a tumor in their brain, and um, if you were to go in with a scalpel, you're just really you're cutting through a lot of the brain, and you're really fucking things up. Um, and so, or at least you have the potential to. And so what happens with, uh, with the protons is you can fine tune um, the speed at which those protons leave the accelerator and enter, um, enter the patient's head. Um, and they, if you, um, what happens is basically the, the protons, um, will go into the head, just leave all the good brain stuff behind and dump all the energy in the tumor. And so depending on where the, that tumor is in the brain, how far away it is from the, from the edge of the head, it determines how fast the protons go. And, and so you would use something like an MRI or a PET scan to actually find the tumor, mm -hmm. how far away it is, and then just hit it with the protons. And so the, the energy for it that the protons um, have, they basically stop, right? The, the, the protons come in and they stop at the tumor. And so it's, it's basically, you use it to kill the tumor. It's a proton torpedo. It, it, that's exactly your, what it is. It is a proton, uh, a proton torpedo. I had, I had to think about it because I wanted to say photon. But yeah, oh, so it, yeah, yeah, it dumps all the energy in the tumor and not. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Just stick your head in a cyclotron and. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, it, it all comes about because, um, you know, people working Science. in, yeah, in, um, and, you know, at accelerators notice this property about protons and how they basically just, they go and dump all their energy in one spot. Wow. 
And then somebody was like, so, and then, you know, probably the physicists were like, hey, that's cool. But then you had somebody who liked biophysics or something and was like, hey, we can use <laughs> this to fight cancer. Yeah. So that's, a, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's that's a nice blend of the sciences, you know, that it's not just physics isn't just for, you know, black holes and, you know, yeah. all that funky shit. Which are really cool, but you when know, you can but, apply it. You know, it can be applied to all these different sciences can be applied to all different sciences. It, yeah, it's like, it's like it's like get all interdisciplinary actions, yes. Yeah, it's like pet scans, you know. Um and Although they need to include actual pets, though, just to really round it out. <laughs> yeah. Puppies. Like you get to spend like maybe some, like some five facts. minutes with like a puppy beforehand. Yeah, it's got to be before. You know, because you're okay. radioactive. Be Whatever you want. It has to be Jack every time. <laughs> oh, he he would do it. Puppy dog Jack, not not person Jack. Yeah, yeah, so Jack. <laughs> Unless Person Jack wants to do it, too. I mean, too, you but, know, uh, it's up to him. He can, yeah, you know, sure. put on the little dog ears. Yeah, but, you know, um, I, I, that's, that's, where the, that's where the real magic happens is when you can take the physics and... The, that's where the real science happens. Where the real science happens, where you can take it and take the physics. And, I mean, we experience it every day with engineers. It's what engineers do. They take physics mm -hmm. and they make it make so it that it applies it. to us. <laughs> Uh -huh. um, to the world, and uh, yeah, I mean it's really it, people are much much smarter than than I'll ever dream of being. Jack says the the VA hospital there recently got rid of their nuclear reactor they use for alpha and beta particles to treat cancer. Wow. Well, why did they get rid of it? Yeah, I although it does seem weird to think of a hospital having a nuclear <laughs> reactor. <laughs> You didn't mute. There is a thing called oh, the, a mute the one button. time. <laughs> the one time I didn't wow, mute like last I'm, year. I'm uh, 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 my brain is like the amount of shit we can't see, and I've had to come up with just just ridiculously creative and genius ways to and see and understand the shit we can't see. Yeah, our knowledge of. Um, of antimatter is only what uh, 94 years old but it's fucking astounding that we have 100 that. years ago paul Dirac had not come up with this he had not started a sentence that he could not finish yet wow and so and then then they needed a full-on four more years to actually find it but you know for gravitational waves they needed a hundred years yeah, to find them yeah. so who knows what um esoteric what is considered esoteric physics now kind of on the boundary that mm -hmm. in a hundred years from now fringe. will be fringe physics you know yeah what fringe physics uh, in fringe years spelled with a ph just <laughs> taken as hey yeah oh. that's just it's like black holes you know it's like huh sure i get it, it makes yeah, sense throw brad pitt in one it's fine or no, Matt McConaughey. Throw yeah, Matt McConaughey in one. I was going to say what? Yeah. I, it's because we just movie. watched Bullet, Tra Bullet Train. Nope. Which had Brad Pitt was in the bad space movie. Interstellar. He wasn't in no, Interstellar. That was, that was George at, Clooney. At, um, Ad Astra, which again ah. we call Bad, Ast bad Astra. Bad Astra, that's right, that's right. Yeah, Interstellar was Matt McConaughey. George Clooney was Gravity. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was. <laughs> All right, well... That's our look at antimatter. Wow. 
Excellent. Yes. Um, now, um, before I say join us for the hangover, which I will say in a minute, join us for a hangover, um, I would like to say that next week, though, we're going to have um, High, in, high the in the Sky. Because next we will be... Week, not in two weeks. Yes, because we yes. will be traveling in two weeks uh, to the great land of Oregon for the holiday, first holidays. American holiday of Thanksgiving as well. <laughs> for anybody who's not. American takeover of the indigenous peoples of this country holiday yes, where yeah. we feast on so, um, turkey so, flesh. Birds. So don't wait two weeks. Join us next week. Next for week. High in the Sky, November. High in the Sky. Brandon, will you be with us or are you going to be uh, I will on assignment? I will likely be here. I will likely be here. TBD, right. but likely. Okay, all right. Just don't go so, into work this week. That way you can be here next oh, week. Oh, you could be here physically if you wanted. He could have done that today. Well, yeah, but he was Yeah, but I had, I had to beat a, a boss. Know. That was earlier this morning. You know, he's got to like have a little, a little time. But let me let me say this at least to, to wrap me up, because I've said like six words this episode. I will say as <laughs> James Joyce said, three corks of mustard mark. I have enough. That's where Corks comes from. It's a literary reference. It is. It is. Just a drunk Irish guy wandering through, oh, what's Ireland? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just as drunk as he was when when that novel took place. On that note. Yeah. Murray Gelman won a Nobel Prize in physics for for Quarks. He's the one who who named him. Oh. Yep. My Quark. And that's another episode, or The Hangover. Oh, which... then maybe, maybe in um, oh, the yeah. next regular one, we'll do quarks. All right. Oh. Anyway, thanks for <laughs> thanks joining for us, everybody. Um, uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. I'm gonna go change shirts and uh, see. No, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next we'll week. See you next yeah, week. we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be safe.